You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Merry Christmas to all of you. Uh, we are recording at 10.30 on the night of Christmas. Um, hopefully it was a good one for all of you. Hopefully it was a good one for you, Frank. Yeah, I had a long day. But, you know, in the long day of eating lots of good food and hanging out with family and spending a lot of time on a couch watching basketball. So not long in a grueling kind of That's play. a good long day. Lo- yeah, good long, good long day. Um, so this, this was actually my first time uh, not spending Christmas um, in Wisconsin since 1997. And it was my first time ever not spending Christmas with my family, actually. My wife is uh, going on nine months pregnant, so we, we stayed in Texas with, uh, with her family. So um, it was, uh, didn't involve very much travel, so that was nice. We, uh, we just drove to Houston. My wife, who is a Rockets fan, by the way, was very disappointed the Rockets lost tonight. But, um, well, but here's, yeah, so we... here's the bad news, Frank. You missed out on zero degree temperatures and snow so uh, i'm sure that's really disappointing for you that you didn't get any of that i had to wear a uh a hooded sweatshirt tonight oh my I, gosh when I how did you dogs. live how did yeah, you get through it i know i have shorts on so don't worry about that but <laughs> um but yeah I'm, i've gotten soft uh living in texas but no i i had a good christmas i hope uh i hope uh, the name household also had a good christmas thank you sir um no it's been it's been funny my uh, brother lives in Malaysia and his wife is from Malaysia and she's never really got to see like snow and actually like experienced a white Christmas. So she's heard like songs that reference white Christmases before, but like never actually had one. So while I was very disappointed that it was snowing cause snow sucks, uh, she was like, yes, this is awesome. Like, let me take pictures and videos cause this is so cool. So that was kind of cool to see, even though. It didn't make me particularly happy. The fact that it made someone else in my family happy was kind of cool. So uh, I, I will take I'll take what I can. I'll take the positives that I can out of that. Um, and I think we'll have to take the positives that we can out of this weekend as well. Uh, Friday and Saturday, the Bucks play the Charlotte Hornets. One of those strange back-to-backs that we've seen a bunch of the, uh, in the last two years as, as they've switched from manual scheduling to using more algorithms and computer-based scheduling and trying to even out rest days and all that and the easiest way to even out rest is well have two teams do the exact same thing uh and that's exactly what the bucks did with the hornets they win on friday 109 104 and they lose on saturday 111 106 and i guess 
Let's take a look at Friday's game a little bit. The The Bucks end up winning that one, like I said, 109-104. Another one of those games where all three of EKG go for 20-plus. Uh, shout out to the Bucks for the commercial now that has EKG, KEG, and uh, BAM in it. Uh, there, that was, I, I think that debuted today during the Christmas Day games. Uh, but that's kind of cool, uh, that they have like the nicknames and stuff in there. So all three of those go for 20 plus, uh, Middleton leads the way, 28 points, three rebounds, Giannis, 26 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and Bledsoe, 24 points, 10 assists, and five rebounds. And in the final couple minutes, Giannis and Bledsoe end up getting buckets and kind of close out the Hornets and... Really, the Bucks get kind of lucky in that game as Kemba Walker, I think, gets... Someone on Twitter told me he got a foot to the head from Eric Bledsoe. Um, I never ended up seeing a replay of it, and I don't know if anyone ever confirmed it, but uh, Kemba Walker misses the last two minutes of that game, and the Bucks close out the end of the game strong. Uh, they end up winning that one pretty much in those final two minutes. So, uh, catch a huge break there, win on Friday, um, and... I guess from there, what I can take away from it is the Bucks are going to be in a bunch of games um, and have a chance when those three guys have good nights. And also, they're going to benefit from the best player on the Hornets being out for the final two minutes. Yeah, the, the Hornets lost Dwight Howard early in the game to a dislocated finger. He came back Saturday, but uh, we saw much smaller uh, looks from both teams for the rest of the game on Friday night. Uh, we saw Giannis at center. We saw Chris Middleton at center um, for periods in the second half on Friday. And as you said, Kimball Walker, um, 32 points in 32 minutes. I think he went at 20, 20, 21 of those in the first half. And again, he was doing kind of what you're always worried Kemba Walker might do against uh, against your team, which is just use that incredible ball handling and the ability to, you know, pull up and, and shoot three-pointers and jumpers off the dribble and, and really, you know, just be extremely difficult to guard. And um, he had it going on Friday, but, um, you know, fortunately for the Bucks, uh, he, he was not in uh, late in the game. Um, and, you know, when, when Kemba is not playing, I mean, this is a team in, uh, in Charlotte that, man do they not have much behind them in terms of point guard play i mean no. they have michael carter williams who's, who he did have two blocks and three assists in 17 minutes on friday but um just one out of six from the field and uh that one was that was a bank three. he hit the bank three-pointer on friday right I'm yeah i remember okay so yeah and um, apparently johnny mack was taunting him throughout the entire broadcast which uh we've heard a lot of critiques of johnny mack's work but if that actually occurred well done, Johnny Mac. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, you, you definitely felt like the Bucks. I don't know if you, I'd say stole one on Friday. Um, you know, again, this is a team in Charlotte that that came in two and eleven away from home. Um, they've been much better at home than on the road. Um, and this is a team that you know, again, given some of the injuries, Cody Zeller has been out for a while. Obviously, you lose Dwight five minutes into that game. Um, you're very thin at center now. I mean, you could make the argument that you know as well as Dwight has played statistically, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there are better lineups they can play without him, you know, just, yeah. uh, you know, at this point, like you, you kind of like, we're at the point in the NBA where you often sort of default now to saying smaller is probably better. 
Um, and certainly uh, on Friday night, you know, Kemba was really good. Nick Batum didn't shoot much, but scored 14 points on seven shots. He's struggled for much of this season. Um, so that helped. And Marvin Williams, 15 points on eight shots. Uh, Kaminsky, 16 points on 12 shots. So they got, you know, they got some nice contributions there. But um, for the Bucks, you know, uh, Giannis didn't, didn't have a great game. Nine out of 20 from the field. Seven boards, five assists, a steal, 26 points. But, um, you know, he really came up big down the stretch, uh, scored seven points in, in the late going of the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, he didn't get credited with a block. Bledsoe and, and Giannis both sort yep. of combined to block Jeremy Lamb. And Giannis also had a great recovery for a steal, took it down the other end and got a lay-in as the Bucks went on this big 9-0 run to end the game, turning a 104-100 deficit into a 109-104 win. He also had a nice pass to Middleton for uh, for a dunk. Um, so Giannis came up big, and um, unfortunately, 37 minutes on Friday, ends up not playing at all due to knee soreness, which we'll talk about uh, on Saturday, which obviously was a, a huge storyline for the Bucks on Saturday. But um, certainly on Friday, you know, the big three, um, sparing the Bucks some blushes because certainly losing that game at home to Charlotte uh, would have been a very, very bad way to, to follow up you know, uh, a week that had obviously had some some major positives with a uh, a win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, that would that would have been a bad one to lose. Um, and again, we kind of talked about it over the weekend, and uh, I was saying like, okay, I can understand being upset that this Bucks team is, I guess, playing down to the Hornets, but I don't know. Like, I just, I mean, rule number one: don't trust the Bucks, and. I don't. I don't go to, into any game really right now thinking this Bucks team is going to to win and blow anybody out. Like we've seen them lose to the Bulls, and again, I understand the Bulls are hot, but still, like there's been plenty of games this year where the Bucks just just haven't played well against crummy teams, and um, I'm still getting to a point where I'm trying to trust them, and uh, that one again you really benefit from walker going out in those last couple minutes but the bucks do take advantage they end up getting a win uh and i thought that was uh significant that they do i'm very curious you mentioned Giannis nine of 20 he had his only sub 20 point game of the year against the hornets the last time they played him so the second time out of four times they played them this year and he just couldn't do anything in that game and it was kind of the same and I I wish there was something I could point to other than he's just missing shots that he normally makes. Um, but uh, I don't know if there's anything more to it than that. Uh, but the Hornets did really make it tough to him, tough for him in that second and third game, uh, Bucks Hornets this year. So we'll see if that carries on into next year. Um, all right. So I guess the other things from Friday night. Uh, Chunk Hill Patrick's debut. Um, weren't really sure when that was going to happen, but he ended up coming in the first time we see center Giannis, and he's a part of the lineup that goes on a quick 8-0 run. And again, just kind of a positive when you see the Bucks go small, add another guy that, again, Kilpatrick not necessarily a shooter, but a guy that can score the ball. He goes one or two for three on that Friday night and um, just generally makes a positive impact. And uh, kind of saw the same thing from him on Saturday night. Unfortunately, the rest of the game does not go as well for the Bucks. They lose 111-106. And um, I guess let's talk about the game first, then we'll talk about Giannis. Um Actually, no. We're going to talk about Giannis. What the hell, Frank? Like, I... You... So, 
I, I can hear all these quotes after. You can tell me to my face that it is not a big deal. I'm not worried about it. It's just being cautious. Whatever words you want to use, what like you can use those words, but I don't have to believe you. This is two times already this year that Giannis has just sat out a game for general rest, for caution, for knee soreness, whatever it is. And we are 30 games into the season, 31 games into the season. Like, how how is that possible? Like, this He missed his first one on uh, the 22nd against the Phoenix Suns, and he misses this one on the 23rd against the Charlotte Hornets. So about a month apart in just general rest days. So like, there's just something that doesn't add up. Either... He's okay and able to play 40 minutes a night, 38 minutes, whatever whatever his current average is, which I'm still I'm still leading the league. Um, so either he's okay to do that and the, this is just overcautious or I don't even know. I don't have an explanation. I don't know how you can play him that much and then need to sit him out once a month. Like I, I just don't get how that works. Yeah, I mean the the previous two weekends, the Bucks played back to backs, and he played over eighty minutes combined in both of those back to backs. So this is coming after he's already you know missed that game in Phoenix earlier this year where it was a back to back, and um, they opted to sit him and rest him. And obviously that that game goes into overtime, and they barely win that game. Um, but it, it is difficult because it's kind of hard to take seriously the idea that. You know, Jason Kidd is looking out for his sort of long-term health when, you know, he just keeps trotting him out there for, what is he averaging, 38 minutes a game? Something yep. on that, that order right now. Um, you know, again, it, it's just sort of this cognitive dissonance between, you know, Jason Kidd says, well, we got to try to manage his minutes better, got to try to manage his minutes better, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he just keeps playing huge minutes. And, I mean, he's performing at a very high level. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that like, oh, the reason he shot nine out of 20 was because you know, his knee was hurting him out. I don't know. Right. I mean, um, you know, it's been difficult to look at him and say that he's, he's looked hurt when he's been playing, um, you know, w- w- difficult to forget. I mean, the 37 points he put on Utah was on the second night of a back to back where he played a ton of minutes, but, um, you know, just having these back to back situations come up where he's playing, not just in back to backs, but playing huge minutes, um, it's kind of just hard to reconcile the fact that he's now had to twice sit out with the fact that they keep, you know, treating him. You know, it's like, yep. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's funny. I just kind of thought back to, um, and again, in very different situations, but I just thought back to remember when the the Milwaukee Brewers had CC Sabathia for that that run, mm-hmm. and you know, he was just throwing like 120, 130 <laughs> pitches his last his yeah. last few outings, and I just remember thinking, it was like, man. This is what happens when you rent a Ferrari, you know, you just ride that, you know, you just, you just give that thing. You do not care about burning out the clutch, about the brakes. You just go all out on that thing and, you know, use it for everything you can. And, you know, it's one thing when CeCe Zabathia was, you know, going to be a free agent. You didn't think the the Brewers were going to keep him and you were in a pennant race and all that. Um, And and sorry, for for those of you who are not Milwaukee Brewers or baseball fans, we probably lost you a little bit there. But. <clears throat> Bottom line is, you know, Giannis is is not the rental Ferrari. Um, he is the Ferrari that you want to keep and 
treasure and baby uh, to the extent you can over the next de- decade. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he's the guy that, that the franchise is kind of resting on. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be curious to know what these conversations are like between the medical staff, between John Orst, between Jason Kidd. I mean, uh, you know, obviously the Bucks have been shorthanded uh, of late in terms of just not having bodies who can, you know, necessarily effectively spell Giannis. Um, I mean, we, we finally saw a few minutes of DJ Wilson in Giannis's absence over the weekend. Yep. But, um, you know, even so, there's just, you know, no real belief that, you know, they, they have a way to kind of make up for, for Giannis playing the, these huge amounts of minutes. Really, I guess, other than those, that the Sacramento games, it seems like, you know, he's just played these these massive amounts of minutes every night. So, so yeah, I, I don't think there is a good answer. I, I don't, you know, I mean, you guys have asked Jason Kidd about it, and he kind of just sort of says one thing and then kind of just keeps playing him 40 minutes every night, it seems. Um, and especially on these back-to-backs, you know, just it just doesn't seem like there's any real sense of managing his minute load so um so it's tough i mean if he misses you know another game in a a month and he misses another game a few months after that and you know he misses four or five games this year and and you know he continues to play at a super high level then you know it's like okay well i guess you know these are just sort of load management whatever type things and, and maybe he can play these big minutes but obviously the concern is that you keep going to this well you know night after night after night and um you know what's he going to be like in the playoffs yep what's he going to be like next year you know what's he going to be like two years from now like are you doing something to that knee where you know you're you're stressing it and and he's going to have to you know have some type of procedure done at some point or you know it's just tough i mean he he is the franchise and um it's just as much as you know obviously everybody was saying kind of the things you'd want to hear as far as not being worried and all that um, I, I think it's fair to just kind of sit back and be like, man, like I'm worried. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with, with Giannis having to sit games out due to, due to a, a sore knee, given, uh, given w- w- how important <laughs> your knees are to the game of basketball. Yeah. I mean, you look at minutes per game and Giannis is averaging 38. He's leading the league and, Almost right behind him in third, 37.2, is Chris Middleton. And I understand the appeal of playing both of those guys a lot of minutes because, well, the bottom falls out when you don't. Like, we we can all see the plus-minus numbers. We can all see the on-off numbers. So I can understand the appeal and wanting to play them. Like, that is going to be your best path to win games. But that is true of every star in the league. Maybe not to the same extent as it has been with the Bucks this year, but you're going to be worse without your best players on the team. And as a coaching staff and as a team, you have to figure out how to get productive minutes out of those other guys. And the Bucks have just failed in that aspect this year. And again, you can point to injuries. You can point to Jabari not being around and affecting depth. Like You can point to a lot of things, but I mean, the matter of fact, like you just have to do it. Like you just have to suck it up and you have to do it. Uh, you have to to manage those because I don't know if a new normal of Giannis sitting one game out a month is something I'm cool with. Like I don't think that's something anyone should be cool with. I don't think that's that's something that should be necessary. If it is, then I think I have to be somewhat concerned and. If that is the new normal, then maybe the Bucks have figured out some sort of new resting pattern that no one else has ever done before, where it's 
once a month, this guy sits out at 23. Um, I can't think of anyone trying something like that. Obviously, we've seen Embiid sit out a lot, um, but that would be something brand new. So I don't know. Like, like I said, and, and like you said, you can say all of the don't worry, we're just being overly cautious. Like You can say all those things, but your star player who's 23 years old is sitting out once a month. Like that's that's concerning. That should be something that I just can't really comprehend when you're playing him the most minutes in the league per game. Like something has to even out there. Like one of those things uh, needs to be balanced out. So I don't know. It's just a really strange situation and not one that I'm particularly comfortable with. Um, anything else, or you want to move to the game? Well, let's move to the game, which obviously was a game that I don't know. To be honest, as I was watching this game, I had real no, I had no real like expectation. I feel like whenever Giannis doesn't play, I become vastly less vested in the outcome of the game, <laughs> outcome of the game. Um, but this was a game that you know, based on the lead that they built in the third quarter. I mean, this is a game the Bucks should have won, and they ultimately blow. What, what was it? Did they had a, a 16, 18 point lead at one point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, um, you know, the East is a logjam. And, you know, obviously, if you win a game without Giannis, you feel like it's gravy. But um, I think anytime you blow an 18-point lead, you know, regardless of who is on the court, um, that, that's, a, that, that's one you want to have back. And um, certainly the Bucks just collapsed down the stretch. And, um, you know, again, they had chances to, 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 to come back and, and make this competitive. And they made it competitive. But... You know, ultimately, they um, they they shouldn't have let the game be as close as it was, and unfortunately, you know, even with Kemba not playing particularly well, 19 points on five out of 15 shooting, Dwight Howard was back, 21 points on six and 16 boards. Um, you know, they really let one slip away. Yeah, see, I see. I've been struggling to reconcile that one because if you are up by 18, you shouldn't lose at some point, but also your offense was Middleton and Bledsoe Isos. I could could suggest at some point that that's not going to go well. Um, I would be willing to predict that. But but you're not, you're not, you're not like required to do that. Right. I mean, that's sure. Sure. But that's just the fact of the matter. Like the way that this team plays, I could see them going up by 18. I could also see them losing an 18 point lead. Like not that, it's something that should be okay, but knowing who was on the roster and knowing what they were doing offensively, like, yeah, when they got hot and hit like three threes in a row and were hitting shots and getting out and running and things were working, like, yeah, I could see it working well. And well, when the game slowed down, I could also see it not going so well. So I don't know. Like I said, it's been something I've been trying to reconcile because it's, I mean, you just watch some of those possessions in the final minutes and they're brutal. Like they're just bad basketball. Um, and just, uh, I, I just don't know how with the game on the line and, and obviously I'm a big Chris Middleton guy, but the play you call when you need a bucket is Middleton hero ball. ISIL in the middle of the floor against MKG. What? Like, you 
what I, I just like I I I struggled to comprehend that like how is there not some movement like why not make some make somebody chase Middleton around some screens and uh, it was just kind of a a frustrating game to to watch end like the the way that it went down it was just really frustrating to watch I was looking at some on off numbers and DeAndre Liggins was again I think a minus seven I want to say in this game and ooh did up- you see do you see my tweet for his month of December uh 6.2 fouls per 36 which is very larry sanders-esque which frankly i didn't know was possible from a guard position yeah five fouls in 12 minutes tonight um i looked at his numbers uh since november 13th um since november 13th with ligands on the court the bucks are scoring 99 points per 100 they're giving up over 113 points per 100 i mean he's bad He's just bad at basketball. Yep. You know, I mean, I think he showed some nice flashes with his, you know, again, you kind of start, you don't really know what to expect. You know, he does the whole pressure you full court and, you know, annoy guys and you put him, he's, he can defend different size players, which is nice. Um, but ultimately it just doesn't really seem to translate into positive outcomes. Cause you know, it seems like he, he had some threes early uh, this season, but has completely lost any interest in, doing anything with the ball um and you know again like his the spacing or lack of spacing he brings is so tough and just the way he fouls and i mean you know he really is just a guy i think he he just looks (laughs) much better than he looks better defensively but you know when you look at the actual results they're just they're just not there i mean the bucks are just really bad when he's been on the court and obviously like you know in short samples like stuff can happen right i mean it doesn't tell you anything that they were they were minus seven with them on the court in one game or anything like that. But, you know, you just look at it in the aggregate. It's just like Bucks are terrible when they play DeAndre Liggins. And that's probably because DeAndre Liggins, like, isn't really an NBA player. And there's a reason he's bounced around and, you know, has had a hard time sticking in this league. And, and for know, the people tough. that and for the people that don't like the nerds, like, you say, oh, well, why don't you just watch the game? I do watch the games. And we're at a point now where when our friend Dean at All the Bucks cuts up video and it's a video offensively something he doesn't like, I'm just trying to find where DeAndre Liggins is on the floor. Like, I'm literally, I know he's going to be somewhere because he kills spacing, and it's just awful. And then defensively, sure, he works his ass off, but then he tries to block shots like he's eight feet tall, and he just flails his arms around and hits people unnecessarily. And it's like, all the good that comes from you being aggressive and being physical before the shot is wasted when you tackle guys as they shoot the ball. Like those, like that, that's just bad. So for people that don't want to hear us talk about the numbers and don't want to say, well, the, the net rating is negative 14 when he's in the game, just watch. He's bad. Like the, I, I don't need, I don't need the numbers to back up what my eyes tell me that he's just very physical and when you're first getting to see him, you're thinking, okay, maybe there's something there. But now that you've seen him for more than three games, it's nothing. Like he he is not someone to be trusted and to be put on the floor. Yeah, and I think the you know it, it's easy to say, well, you know, you, you can't pick on guys on the bench because the bench has been so so thin. But you look at, I mean, in that same span, right, over a month of of action, Sterling Brown's been a plus eight and fifty three minutes, plus eight points per one hundred. Um, Kilpatrick was a plus over this weekend and Kilpatrick, I mean, we talk maybe a little bit more about him, but 
Um, you know, only he he's only a thirty three percent career three point shooter, but the guy gets shots up. I mean, he, he's not taking just wide open threes, right? He's not just taking Ligon's threes. He takes contested threes. He can get his shot. Um, you know, on the break, I, he had a couple nice finishes in transition, yep. and I was just like, oh, wow, this guy actually <laughs> has some skill. Because you know, I've spent the last two months watching DeAndre Ligon's like you know, fumble the ball down the court thinking he can dribble. And it's just like, my standards are extremely low. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those guys have been positive. Rashad Vaughn's been a plus four points per 100 in that stretch, right? I mean, uh, it, it's ironic, but a lot of these bench guys have actually had, you know, positive ratings over the last six weeks or so yep. um, for the Bucks And Liggins, despite the fact that he's been sharing the court in a lot of these lineups, he's been the guy who stuck out like a sore thumb in terms of just like the, the op, you know, the offense in particular, but even the defense being notably worse. So, yeah, I mean, again, January 10th, I think, is the day when when contracts guarantee um, for the season. And again, my understanding is Liggins has a non-guaranteed contract. So obviously you're, you know, you're paying him as you go. Um, but I, I really think it's going to be interesting to see if Kilpatrick is, you know, continues to look at all competent um, as he did this weekend. Um, I mean, really, you're going to keep you know, you're going to keep that. I mean, I, I would much rather convert Kilpatrick to um, a minimum deal for the rest of the season, cut Liggins, and then, you know, throw another, you know, short-term two-way guy on the roster than, uh, than to kind of keep up this charade of like, oh, well, Liggins works really hard. And, you know, he's probably a, a good guy to have in practice because, you know, he gives guys fits and, you know, busts his ass and all that. And that's that's cool, right? I mean, appreciate it. I mean, it's not nothing to say about like what he's brought in terms of effort. I mean, that, yeah. that that's the least of his problems. But, you know, ultimately, at some point, you have to have skill, right? And, yep. um, you know, it's like, you know, people who marvel at, like, Thon Maker and all the work he puts in, it's like, well, at some point, you got to have just, like, talent and, and feel and skill and have to translate that into actually, like, doing things on the court. Not to say that Thon is DeAndre Liggins or anything like that, but it's like, you know, effort is great, but, you know, it has to translate into production at some point. And, like, this um, is the NBA. A lot of dudes are playing for their jobs. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, a and, lot of dudes so, are trying hard. Right. And so it's been, you know, again, we haven't necessarily seen Sterling Brown get consistent minutes. Um, he did play seven minutes, hit a shot um, in uh, in Milwaukee on Friday, um, played eight minutes, missed both of his shots uh, on Saturday. Um, but again, I think Kilpatrick looking competent, you know, 11 points on nine shots and 15 minutes uh, on Saturday, four rebounds, two assists. Um, you know, it was a plus one. So again, you know, not that, not that like that number tells you a lot, but, um, but I think that was definitely a, a major plus. And, you know, again, we, we got to see, we got to see these minutes that have been going to Liggins, go to Kilpatrick, go to Sterling Brown, go to Rashad Vaughn. I mean, Rashad Vaughn, like, you know, he, he's been obviously the whipping boy of, you know, analytics, uh, Twitter and, and certainly people who use analytics that, you know, are, are Bucks fans. But I mean, Vaughn's numbers are, I mean, they're, they're, obviously he hasn't become like some like really good player, but I mean, he has a true shooting percentage of 55% this year. He's league average, right? Yep. Um, you know, he has a positive offensive box score plus minus at least still negative defensively. But, you know, again, I think, you know, the eye test would say he's been pretty solid there. Um, and a 12.4 PER, which again, you know, for a guy who was sub four two years ago, um, which is like almost impossible. Um, you know, I think he was the lowest, the lowest guy in the league that year among guys who played real minutes. Um, Vaughn has been totally respectable this season, you know, and yep. give the guy credit. Um, and so it just sucks seeing, you know, a guy who is not an NBA player, 
Um, you know, we first we saw it with Gary Payton getting you know minutes. Now we're seeing it with Liggins, who has played four times as many minutes as Gary Payton did, right? So it's a much more kind of notable problem. I mean, to give you guys perspective, DeAndre Liggins' true shooting percentage of forty-two percent this year. I mean, that is beyond abysmal um, in terms of of what he's done offensively. His PER, not surprisingly, his PER is largely an offensive metric, five point oh, which is just, I mean, awful. So, I mean, man, just let's just kind of quit this charade. And I mean, again, uh, this may be another case where the front office just has to intervene and just take a guy away so Jason Kidd can't overplay him. Um, because I'd say right now, those Liggins minutes, I mean, it's just, you know, if, if you had, you know, four guys on the court at any given time who were just awesome offensively all the time, then maybe you can get away with having a guy like DeAndre Liggins. But for what you know like, yep. like we were saying it, you're, you're not getting like andre robertson defense right i think jason kidd might think he's getting andre robertson defense or something like that but um but you're not and so um so it's tough and and again i mean it's, it's nothing to speak to his to his effort or whatever he's you know done since he's been here but it's just i mean it's an unforgiving business and if you don't have the talent to compete at a high level um you shouldn't be playing and and obviously now with the bucks getting healthy finally um, signing Kilpatrick, seeing you know something from Vaughn, something from from Sterling Brown. Um, you know, it's time to I think give these other guys who who actually might have a future or at least have been productive, uh, at least to some extent, um, a chance to play. Yeah, and I, I know when we go on tangents like that, like this, people get upset. Like, oh, you're not even talking about the stuff that really matters. Like, why aren't you talking about Chris Middleton scoring 31 or Bledsoe's 16, 7, and 6? Henson 16, like, we're talking about those things because they may seem unimportant and they won't lead anyone's story about the Bucks, but, like, they matter. They they truly matter, and him giving consistently bad minutes to the Bucks matters. Like, that is, that is a big deal and can truly shift games. Uh, so this Bucks team just kind of has to figure out a way to be more effective uh, in those spots. Um, let's take a look at, like I said, some of those guys that did play well. Chris Middleton plays 40 minutes on a back-to-back after playing, let's see how many the night before, uh, 38 minutes the night before. Um, makes sense that he's in the top three in the league in minutes per game uh, with output like that on a back-to-back night. But, he goes 11 for 24 for 31 points. Not a very efficient night. 4 of 10 from 3. Um, some late threes kind of salvaged that. He he was going through a rough shooting stretch there. Um, Middleton goes for 31, 5, and 4. Bledsoe for 16, 7, and 6. Henson for 16 points and 5 rebounds. Um, anything you, you really want to talk about with those? Because I feel like with those, with those performances, those are kind of... When you think about a world where those players exist without Giannis, I think it's largely what you'd expect. Like, Chris Middleton's probably going to take too many shots. He's going to get on the Tough Shot Express. And some nights it's going to work out, and other nights it's going to be um, 11 for 24. Like, that, I think that would kind of be the reality for Chris Middleton as the number one option or one of the top options on a bad basketball team. And not to say that that's all that bad when you look at other gunners, um, 
like that that could be fine that there's a lot of guys that have made their name by putting up a bunch of shots and uh being efficient some nights and not being efficient other nights uh but at the same time like you can tell that that isn't a, a number one option uh and the bucks offense kind of floundered at times just because they would just get into tough spots and it would be step backs and uh, pull-ups and stuff like that. And um, Eric Bledsoe wasn't really able to kind of take that spot from Middleton at all. Um, He wasn't able to beat a bunch of guys off the dribble or or get to the rack consistently. Obviously six for 13 for 16 points, like isn't a terrible night, but certainly not a good one. Um, And just, just not enough. Yeah. And I mean, to, to be clear, I mean, Chris, 31 points on 24 shots is actually, I mean, that's above average efficiency. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, I think in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you know, especially knowing that the, the load is going to fall on him a lot more, you know, you'll take that every night, right? Certainly right. from Chris, um, that, that he lived up to his end of the bargain. I think the frustration, obviously, it, the problem is when Chris misses shots and you, you, you can't help but think, you know, man, if you could just take out some of these, you know, contested turnaround jumpers, yep. you know, that, that tough fadeaway that you mentioned on MKG, that's just, it's just destined to be like, you know, an expected value of like 0.4 or something like that. Right. And again, yeah. on, in the NBA, I mean, you, you're, you're trying to score at least a point per possession, you know, on, on average and even late game, I understand you're, you're probably going to maybe take tougher shots, but, um, and like but, Chris but hits those at a higher rate than most people, but yeah, it's still does. it's like a, it's a bad, it's a bad shot. Right. 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 And so, I mean, that, that's the, the frustration there is that, you know, that sense of, man, it could have, it could have been even better. And, you know, he bounced back and after the free throws um, by, uh, by the Hornets, he hits, you know, the Bucks would drop a play to get him a, a good look from the corner and he buries it and basically took no time off the clock. We, you know, complain a lot about the Bucks um, after timeout plays. That was one that obviously worked extremely well. And Chris hit the shot and, you know, gave them, you know, at least a glimmer of life late in that game, but obviously they, they come up short. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Chris, again, I mean, he's up to almost 21 points per game, career high, 58% true shooting, um, still shooting, you know, 36% on three. So again, he's not up to his career averages yet. So you hope that, that kind of pops up a little bit more, um, because certainly if he gets closer to that 40, uh, 40% <laughs> mark from three, then, you know, you're, you're really cooking with gas for Chris Middleton there. Um, but obviously kind of everything else is is working, you know, pretty pretty much as as well as you probably expect it to. So um so yeah, I mean Chris Chris held up his end of the bargain and, and certainly hit some big shots as well on Friday with those twenty eight points. Um so Chris Middleton, you know, is after all the kind of early season hand wringing, um certainly he's he's playing at a high level and you know, obviously Bledsoe as well. <laughs> How crazy tennis. is it that we're in a world where the, I, and I, we did this after the other Charlotte game. In that game, he had 43, but this time 31. And I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe it could be better. Like, we're just at a spot where Chris Middleton is putting up career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. And I, I guess I'm just so spoiled at this point that I'm like, ah, you know, could have been better. It's just kind of crazy to think of the development of Chris Middleton from that time when he got here um, from Detroit as a throw-in for Brandon Knight to what he is now, where he can average 21.5 points per night and do that for, what are we, 31 games into the season? And I can think like, ah, you know, maybe there's a little more there. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the sliding scale, right? And, yeah. and obviously... Um, 
you know, blood. So having blood so around as well, um, has, has obviously been, been a major plus, right. He goes for, as you mentioned, 16, seven and six, um, on Saturday in the loss, um, on Friday, um, you know, bigger night offensively 24 on 16 shots, 10 assists, two steals, three blocks, including that big one late. Um, you know, you mentioned Giannis being, I mean, Giannis is a clutch defender, right? I don't think there's any question yeah. that Giannis is a clutch defender. He makes huge impactful plays defensively late in games, just uh, more so than just, you know, just about anybody in the league, which is just yeah. so impressive and says a lot about, about him, not only his, his, his talent, but his ability to read the game and, and step up and, and make those big plays. And, um, Bledsoe similarly. I mean, he's a guy who has made uses that uses that athleticism to make big plays. You mentioned that big block on on Lamb on Friday to block that shot um, when the game was close uh, in the late going of that game. So um, you know, again, th- those guys build you some margin of error that you just don't otherwise normally have. And certainly, when Giannis is out, you need all that margin for error. Um, so looking ahead, the Bucks come back off of Christmas. Giannis was at WWE on Christmas night, I guess, uh, yep. in Chicago. And now the Bucks will host the Bulls uh, again, looking to uh, redeem themselves somewhat for that disappointing loss that we all um, justifiably bemoaned a couple weeks back. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the Bulls have lost two straight now, but not bad losses in the sense that they were to the Celtics and the Cavs. Cavs just barely... <laughs> Celtics kind of laid the wood to them on the road um, a bit more, but certainly this is a Bulls team that you know. Uh, if ever the Bucks should not be overlooking them, it is now, given that the Bucks are coming off a loss and the Bucks saw firsthand what the Bulls could do in a game that you know we certainly would look back and say the Bucks should have beaten the Bulls yep. uh, a couple weeks about back in Milwaukee. So I, I don't know any any thoughts on what we'll see uh, on on. But Tuesday, are we two, we're, we're recording Monday night, so I guess Tuesday night yeah. against the Bulls. I, I mean, are you looking for anything specific other than Giannis being upright and hopefully vibrant and full of energy? Well, I mean, that would be the big thing. Um, and, and again, I would assume I would assume that he is like that. He'll just be ready to go, and it'll be kind of the same thing after he sat out in Phoenix that he'll just get right back up and go out for thirty five minutes and have a great game like i assume all that will be the same but yeah that's certainly something to watch and then i mean i think it's the it's the same thing that we watched in the game that they lost to him can you get stops that that's what i want to know with this bucks team right now because um you look at what they've done recently and offense looks just fine like i I don't again i've said this a bunch of times i don't think the offense is going to be the problem defensively what do you what can you do can you actually get stops? Because against this Bulls team last time, they just couldn't. They couldn't put together multiple stops. They might get one, but then the next time down, the Bulls would score. So what can you do for me defensively? That's really what I want to see with this team. I want to see them get stops. They gave up 33 in the in the fourth quarter against the Bulls last time, and it was just all of that movement that the Bulls like and Bucks screwing up on switches and not communicating and not talking enough. Like It just needs to be better. The defense has not been good enough uh, for, I mean, a while now. Like. Uh, 111 against Charlotte, 104 against Charlotte, 116 against the Cavs. Um, I get this would be, I guess, one of their better ones would be 115 to Houston. Like that, 
that Houston offense is legit. So being able to do that, I guess, is fine. But 115 to the Bulls and 115 to the Hornets, like, or excuse me, to the Pelicans. So like, there's a you, you got to do better. Like, like you just have to be able to get stops. And um, we've talked about it the entire offseason, the entire year. No excuses defensively. It's got to be better. And uh, to me, that's the big thing I circle going into this Bulls game. Yeah, I mean, against the Hornets, I think 110 and 116 points per 100 allowed in those two games. Yep. So no indications of the Bucks, you know, having some kind of breakthrough and playing defense for, I don't know, more than a few <laughs> few minutes at a time. Um, they did it late in that game on Friday, but um, certainly they, they struggled to do it in the fourth quarter and the second half. Um against the the Hornets there after that stretch. They they did force more turnovers from the Hornets uh, on Saturday, actually. Interestingly, they think they had 16 turnovers forced against the Hornets team that every year does a great job taking the ball. I think they've been the best team in the league in terms of taking care of the ball for the last few years. Um, they did a very nice job on Friday, which I think kind of made it a bit harder than the Bucks would have liked because they maybe couldn't get some of those um, easy runouts that they might otherwise get. Um, and certainly when the Bucks were doing well on Friday, it felt like it was because they were getting rebounds, pushing the ball in, in transition, and then being able to kind of set up trail threes and, and get open looks. And obviously that dried up as the game went on. So, yeah, we will see. We'll, we'll see, you know, again, um, we will continue to, tr- to chest our uh, hypothesis that the Bucks cannot be trusted. And certainly uh, <laughs> taking care of the Bulls would at least nudge us in the right direction of feeling like maybe they are maybe maybe it's a christmas miracle the bucks are at least getting a little bit trustworthy and they better hope it does because after bulls it goes timberwolves thunder raptors pacers raptors wizards pacers then magic then golden state like that is a brutal schedule that is a tough 10 games that this bucks team has to perform during like that they've they underperformed in some games that i think we thought they should have won in the month of december well that just means you have to pay for it in the month of january when you're playing better teams so uh we'll see what they can do and we'll see what they can do against the bulls here on tuesday night uh like we said hopefully you've had a great christmas hopefully you had some time with your family loved ones all the people that matter to you in your life and if you didn't well hopefully you're hanging out here with us and uh we, we are we are happy to uh hang out with you and talk about the bucks so hopefully you guys all had a good holiday um and i guess we're right back into the nba schedule because that's just how it goes I, I don't know how nba guys do it i don't know how nba players are playing on christmas day or i mean even doing the stretch that the bucks did um where you you only have kind of a day or two off so um hopefully you guys enjoyed your holiday and that is going to be it for us for today uh for frank madden this ben eric name and this has been locked on box we'll talk to you tomorrow all right frank